Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the morning service of Saturday the 24th of February 2018, entitled The Soldier's Behaviour, and the Bible reading is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 16. Here's Brother Brian Beaver. And uh, I forgot to make a statement last night I want you young people to try to get. You know what, what David said? Whoa. <laughs> what David said to the men that day when he said who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God do you know that every other soldier in the Israeli army had the same chance to say that statement but David was the only one that made it um, don't ever diminish the fact that God's using you just because you may be invisible you may be obscure you're not in a big, big assignment. Uh, you may be some, you know, somebody behind the scenes. Um, I've made this statement before. If, if you're not willing to serve in the shadows, don't ever ask for the stage. You know, I mean, Elisha poured water on the hands of Elijah for 11 years before he ever ministered to the people. You've got to understand that God's got you in a divine appointment for such a time as this. And he's anointed you to accomplish your assignment. Let me say it again. He's anointed you to accomplish your assignment. I want you to look at verse number uh, 4. 1 Samuel chapter number 16. And I want you to look at verse number 4. We'll start there. Uh, it says, And Samuel did that which the Lord spake. I'll just stop right there and let's say, just do that. <laughs> just do what God says. That's a pretty good thing for a youth conference, isn't it? Just do what God says. Uh, but I can't stop there. I've got to read on. And came to Bethlehem, and the elders uh, of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Yes, I come peaceably. I am come hither with my, my heifer. No, I'm just playing. Anyway, he did come with a heifer. He was coming to sacrifice. That ain't what you think. But anyway, i, I got to go on. And I, if I let you guys fall down to verse number 6. Isn't it amazing, guys, that usually our afterthought is God's plan A? I mean, God's afterthought. I mean, our afterthought is usually God's plan A. It's exactly what God was appointing. I want you to look at what happened. All of Jesse's sons, he said, I want, do you have sons? You need to bring your sons to me because I'm getting ready to pour the horn of oil out on one of your sons as the next anointed king, the next leader of Israel, the, the God's chosen people. This is going to be the next king. And it's amazing what Samuel, the prophet of God, the man of God who spent time with God, what he looked at as God's next anointed. See, the afterthought, and I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesse had eight sons. Eight. All seven of the other ones before David came stood before Samuel, and, and I, I promise you that Eliab, this guy must have been an amazing, structured guy. He probably had a chiseled face. He probably had a back that looked like a cobra's head. You know, it starts real big at the top and narrows down to 30-inch waist. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, this dude was bad to the bone. Kind of like Dave. Amen. Kind of like me. We can't help it. You know, we're just, we're just made this way. Now, Dave's a Maserati. I'm more like a log truck. <laughs> Dave's polished and he's fast and I'm like a log truck I'm just dirty got mud all over my tire 
It might look ugly, but I get the job done. Amen. What I'm trying to say, I don't know where that came from. Just pray for me. What I'm trying to say is this. God has anointed you to accomplish your assignment. God chooses what others throw away. David, Samuel looked at Eliab, and Eliab probably had him at, hello. <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, he was done. He said, surely God's anointed standing before me. This surely is the one that's going to be the next king. By the way, I want all of you young ladies to look at me. All you young men, look at me. I have dealt in the past four years in camps in the summer with young ladies that harm themselves because they may not look like what a lady looks like in a cosmopolitan magazine. Let me tell you something. God made you exactly the way He made you for His glory. And God does not anoint a person to accomplish an assignment based upon their waistline. He bases their integrity on the size of their heart. And man, we need more than ever before, Alex, to understand that God has anointed us to accomplish our assignment. Isn't it amazing how people perceive others and judge others based solely on what they look like? I mean, if... Now, I know you guys know me well, but the first time you probably saw me, you went, what? <laughs> Are you serious? And then I opened my mouth and I talk, and you go, oh, wow. Now, I, I tell people sometimes, I'm, I'm almost like orange juice concentrate. You know, if you go to Tesco and you buy orange juice concentrate, it comes concentrated for a reason. You have to water it down. You can't drink it straight. You couldn't take it out of the freezer, lay it on the counter for an hour, let it thaw and drink it out of the can. You'd walk around like this for the next five hours. You've got to water it down a little bit. That's kind of like what me and Dave. We're like orange juice concentrate. You've got to water us down a bit to be able to contain it. And to be able to receive it. But do you know what? God has anointed me and anointed my dear friend to accomplish our assignment. And just because we may be the face of the conference doesn't mean we're the most important part. Isn't it an amazing thing, Brother Dave, that you can live without your pinky, but you can't live without your liver. You can get your pinky cut off, you can still live pretty good. You lose your liver, you're going to die. But see, the things that are invisible are sometimes the things that are most important. There's many members in the body of Christ. Many members. One body though. And all members have a part. You have a part in the work of God. Let me ask you a question. What do you think you would do if you didn't have elbows? See, nobody thinks about an elbow. You know, and what's on the end of it? A weenus. That's what they call it. I don't know why they call it that, but that's weird. It's creepy. Y'all know that's what they call that? I know that's true. Did I just say that, Lord? In the, I did. Anyway, if you didn't have elbows, how would you eat? Think about that now. How would you eat? You'd have to get somebody else to feed you across the table. You couldn't bend your arms. Or you'd just have to kind of throw food up in the air. To throw it up in the air. If you didn't have elbows. However, that's one of the most important parts of your body. By the way. Every single young person in this room needs to understand. I want you to say this with me. I'm anointed to accomplish my assignment. Now, by the way, that ain't a second or third or fourth anointing. 
The Bible says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Those words, be filled, young people, have an important meaning. Because you know what? In the Greek language, and I'm not Greek, you know that by my accent. But I'm telling you, in the Greek language, which that was written in, the words be filled are in the imperative mood. That means it's not a suggestion, it's a command that you be filled with the Spirit of God. If I came in here drunk as a skunk, walked down through here, had my shirt all tore up, smelled of alcohol, you'd say that guy's in sin. But it's just as much a sin, Dan, as if I come in this pulpit not filled with the Spirit of God. Hello? Don't look at me like that. Every single one of you young people need to understand. You are to be consumed and filled with the Spirit of God. God has anointed you to accomplish your assignment. <laughs> Unless that's Jesus just telling them we can get it later. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Probably the Holy Spirit, i.e. our wives. <laughs> Yeah, my, my, yeah. my wife is the associate agent of the Holy Spirit, man. And I'm telling you, I'll be in there. She said, you flies down, you know, or I'm preaching. You need, to, you need to get that spit off the side of your mouth, you know. Anyway, man, let me get back on track here. <laughs> Do you understand, young people, that the same spirit that Billy Graham had? I know y'all have heard of Billy Graham. He, he passed away. Do you know that they say there's over 250 million people that's going to be in heaven? Because of what man. But here's what's great. Not just the same spirit that God gave him, Dave, but the same spirit that raised Jesus out of the grave lives inside of me. And Jamie, God will anoint you, sir, to accomplish your assignment. There's no big shots in the work of God. You have the same spirit that raised Christ out of the grave. Amen? And you, listen, it's a command that you be filled. It's in the present tense, which means it's a continual process. Ladies and gentlemen, there are windshield wipers on your car. Do you know that they now have a, have a, have a setting on there that can be intermittent? That means you can know what? You can do it. Have it come every 30 seconds. Or you can have it come every five, depending on the amount of rain. Now, I, I love these ones where it's got a sensor. Ours got a sensor on it that if water hits it, it'll just come on automatically. Now, this is what's crazy. When a bug hits that thing, you know, just splats all over the windshield and your windshield wipers, no water on it. And just bug, bug guts all over your windshield wipers. All over your windshield. Now, let me explain something about windshield wipers. Windshield wipers can be intermittent. That means whenever they want to come on. But a person that's got the Spirit of God ought to not be intermittently filled. That means you're to be continually filled every single moment of every single day. That means if you're teaching a Bible study, you need to be filled. If you're at work, you need to be filled. If you're in a restroom where they've got lewd magazines stacked this high, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? I had a guy come to me and he was on the phone crying to me. Day, 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 one of my friends. This was years and years ago. He came to me and he called me and he said, Brian, he said, you ain't going to believe what happened crying. I said, Dave, what's wrong? He said, no, it ain't what you think, man. He said, I'm not stumbled, I'm not tripped. He's in the ministry today. He's pastoring a church in North Carolina, one of my dear friends. He, he said to me, he said, Brian, he said, we were wiring up a, 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 a building. I went into the restroom and this was, a, this was a wicked place he was wiring up. 
And he said, I went to the bathroom and he said there were magazines that were stacked this high on each side of the, the, of the loo. And he said, I, I had every opportunity to take one of them and look at the pictures inside. He said, but I left that bathroom with victory in my life because I didn't pick one up. You know what that is? That's being continuously filled with the Spirit of God. Having the anointing on your life. So he said, you know what? Paul said, you know what? When you're filled, you'll be continuously filled. It's a command, not a suggestion. Then it's in the plural form. That means everybody in here, not just me and Dave Kissler, should be filled. You singers should be filled. You that work in a job need to be filled. You that are university need to be filled. So not only that, but it's in the passive voice. Here's what's crazy about it. That means you can't fill yourself. It has to be done to you. Wouldn't y'all think it was crazy if you saw a set of cleats running across a football pitch, kicking a ball, no feet in it. Just shoes running across the field. No body, no feet, just shoes running across the field. You know, score! <laughs> you know how to do it in, 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 in Spanish. You know, I love that, man. That's what I want to do when Dave's preaching. For like 10 minutes, and he'd be like, Really, Brian? <laughs> you say, What are you trying to say? I want you to understand something, young people. God will anoint you. Most people's afterthought is God's plan A. And He'll anoint you to accomplish the assignment He's given you. Those shoes that's going across the field couldn't do that if it wasn't a foot inside of it. And by the way, if you're, listen, if you're not filled with the Spirit of God, all you are is a shoe without a foot. There has to be something inside of that shoe. There has to be something inside a glove to catch a ball. You can't just ask that to do that. It's an animate object. And by the way, the Holy Spirit of God is not an it. It's a he. So you can't be half filled with a person. you got to have the whole thing. When I got saved, I got as much of the Spirit of God as I'll ever have. However, I can grieve its indwelling or quench its outgoing. And today, if you say, oh, I can't talk to somebody because I don't know enough of the Bible. No, you be bold. Understand, say, look at him and say, you know what? If Jesus really ain't real, how do you explain the six billion people over the time since he died who have had changed lives because of his life? I mean, that's the proof in the pudding right there. Changed life. Amen? God changed me. When I got saved, I got a new do-liker. I didn't want to do like I used to do. God gave me a changed heart. And so what He'll do in your life, and you say, Preacher, what's your point? Our behavior as a soldier ought to be one of conduct. See, when you're in the military, you do something wrong. You get office hours. You get enough office hours, then you get taken before a court called the UCMJ. If you go before the UCMJ and they find you guilty, you could lose your stripes, your, listen, your, your, your rank, and you could lose pay. And it could end up that you get a dishonorable discharge because of conduct unbecoming. And do you know what that does? It puts a black mark not only you but your future 
Because people that get out of the military because of a dishonorable discharge or other than honorable discharge, Jay, you know what? They can never work in a government position. They can't work for the post office. They can't hold a job because of conduct unbecoming. You say, well, preacher, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and I can do, can I do what I want to do and grace is going to cover it? By the way, folks, there's a real big difference between liberty and license. The grace of God doesn't give you a license just to do whatever you want to do Monday through Saturday and on Sunday come to church and get the little magic wand raved over your life and everything's gone. Paul told the church in Rome, he said, what shall a point in your life where you understand that your behavior is not going to only affect you but the ones around you because there are a lot of people in that city center that want to see a sermon and not hear one from me there's a lot of people you live with family members that want to see a sermon not hear one they tired of seeing they tired of hearing sermons they want to see one so you say what's your point my point is this God will anoint you to accomplish your assignment. You ought to write that down. He will anoint you. David came on the scene. Samuel looked at all the other brothers. He said, man, these guys are awesome. And here's what I love about the Scripture is that David was a pretty good-looking young man too because it even says that in the passage. I'm not going to go into detail about this, but David was good-looking too. And listen, it doesn't matter really what you look like. Now, he was good-looking, but he wasn't chosen and anointed because of his good looks. He was chosen because he was a man after God's own heart. My point is this. God will anoint you with the Spirit of God to accomplish your assignment. Number two, write this down very quickly. Number two. Just because you're not visible doesn't mean you're not valuable. Yeah, it is good, ain't it? Amen. I mean, it's good. Just because you're not visible does not mean you're not valuable. One of the greatest leaders ever mentioned in the, in the civilization of man is a man by the name of Moses. God took him, put him on the backside of the desert for 40 years. He was a man that was overlooked, he was ordinary, and he was obscure. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes God doesn't forget you. David wasn't forgotten, he was hidden. Can I say that again? David was not forgotten, he was hidden. How many of y'all live in a family of more than three or four siblings? Okay. How many of y'all live in a family where your dad is a, a, a big eater? My dad was a big eater. When it came to our family, my dad had an obsession with, and I saw them laying out there. You better not let, let them laying around with Americans much longer. Reese's cups. Somebody left a king-size pack of Reese's cups. You need to get saved. Pick those up. You don't throw them on the ground. That's sacred, that's sacred manna from heaven. When manna fell, it looked like the size of a Reese cup, not a coriander seed, okay? But what I'm saying is this. In my house, my dad had an affinity for snicker bars. Amen? Now, I know y'all got Cadbury, and it's great and all, but let me tell you something. A snicker bar is so good, if you set it on top of your head, your tongue would beat your brains to death trying to get to it. That's how good it is. My dad had an affinity with snicker bars, Brother Dave. When he had cancer, my mom bought him a juicer to juice everything. 
He'd juice carrot, carrot stalk, everything. And just make juice out of it, right? It's kind of gross. But my dad called me up one day and said, Brian, my, your mom's killing me. She's got me juicing everything. Carrots, broccoli, the whole thing. I'm not talking about taking the leaves off. That that's frayed, that that's kind of discolored. No, just run it all through the juicer and drink it all. And he said, you know what, Brian, I found out. I found out today a snicker bar go through that juicer. He pushed a snicker bar. He said, he said, man, the juicer started smoking. He said, but I just kept pushing it on through. And you know what it did? It went right on through there. But you say, what's your point? In my house, we had to hide the best candy. We didn't forget it. We hid it. You know what sometimes God will do? Just because you're not visible doesn't mean you're not valuable. There's some people in this room, you say, nobody knows me. Everybody's forgotten me. No, you're not forgotten, young lady. You're hidden. God had David hidden. Not forgotten. Moses was hidden 40 years on the backside of the desert before God used him greatly to go before Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Ladies and gentlemen, just because you're not visible does not mean you're not valuable. So, I, I had a guy buy me a coat about two years ago at a church. I've been back there four times. I've never worn it there. He came to me one night this past uh, September in Gulfport, and he said, Preacher, he said, did I offend you? I said, what do you mean? Matter of fact, I wanted to say, I'm a pastor. You can't offend me. <laughs> How can you have, I got to just get over stuff. You got to have the heart of a child. You got to have the disposition of a lamb and the height of a rhinoceros if you're going to be in the ministry. Amen? Some of you young men that's going into ministry need to remember that. Don't get offended. Be a blessing. Amen? He looked at me and he said, do I offend you? I said, no, what are you talking about? He said, I bought you a coat two years ago. You hadn't worn it one time since you've been here. I said, sir, you didn't offend me. That's my favorite coat. He said, Whew. He said, I'm so glad. He said, I thought I had poor taste in coat qualities. I mean, you know, he said, I, I thought you didn't like the coat. I said, it wasn't the fact that I didn't like it. He said, I said, I only save that coat for special occasions and wear it only to special events. God sometimes is going to put you through the ringer, and some of you think you're forgotten because you're not seen. And ladies and gentlemen, just because you're not visible don't mean you're not valuable. Number three, write this down. The soldier's behavior, if you're going to behave in a way that's conduct becoming and not unbecoming, number one, you need to realize that God will anoint you to accomplish your assignment, number two. Just because you're not visible don't mean you're not valuable, number three. You don't need a better assignment to experience a greater anointing. You say, what do you mean? I want you to look at verse number 19. This is crazy. After the fact that Samuel poured the oil on David's head, by the way, as a young lad, look at what he did. After he was anointed king, wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with thee, what? Sheep. <laughs> now wait a minute. You've just been anointed king, and now you're back out with the sheep. You know what that tells me, Dave? I don't need a better assignment to experience a greater anointing. guy came to me not too long ago, and he made this statement, Jay. He said, Preacher, I don't know if you know it or not, but you've blessed my life. I had no idea. This guy don't even go to my church. He's never been in any of my ministry. He's come to one revival meeting, I think. 
But you know what I didn't realize? He was watching me in my community. See, I pastor church. And by the way, guys, don't ever despise small beginnings. I pastor church. You know what? Sometimes my gift is bigger than my church. It's okay, though. I've got a membership of about 32 people. I may have 55 to 65 come on Sunday. We've had a measure of success spiritually. We've seen people saved. But you know what? Here's the thing. I actually pastored, Frazier, about 1,200 people in my community because all of them's watching me. And I found this out, guys. You don't need a better assignment. Here's what people think. Well, God's going to anoint me, and I'm going to be a megachurch pastor. God's going to give me a 5,000-member congregation. No, you won't even go across the street and talk to your neighbor. How you think? How you think he's going to give you a ministry like that if you won't even talk to your neighbor about Jesus? Man, it's quiet in here. Wow. God, you don't have to have a better assignment to experience a greater anointing. Amen? Y'all getting that? You don't have to have a better assignment. Preacher came to this guy said to me, he said, you know what? I want to encourage you today to just keep doing what you do. <laughs> you know what I said? Well, I guess I will. I ain't got no more options. <laughs> that's all God called me to do. I love playing golf. I'm pretty good at it, but that's it. <laughs> I preach. Somebody said one time, how long you want to preach? I said, as long as I can live. They said, how long you want to live? I said, as long as I can preach. Amen. Wouldn't matter to me if I just died to pulpit. Just, 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 just kill right over and go home to be with Jesus. Wouldn't bother me a bit. It wouldn't bother me a bit if the rapture took place tonight. All of us would go home to meet Jesus, amen, that know him. I want to ask you something, young people. Do you think you really need a better assignment to experience a greater anointing? Let me encourage you to think about this. Just keep doing what you do. Just keep encouraging people. Jay, just keep being a blessing like you are. Amen? You don't need a greater anointing, sir. You got it. But just keep doing what you do. Dan, keep doing what you do where you're planted. God has an assignment on your life, sir. You're anointed to accomplish your task. Say, preacher, don't leave me out. I'm talking to every one of you. Maurice, Jamie, Chloe, Frazier. You young ladies, just met you. I'll never forget your name, Virginia. I love that. Praise God. That's good. That's a state in our country. Amen. I mean, you're, at, you're named after a whole state. Amen. There's not a North Carolina, but, but you know what? You do have a Brian. That's, I mean, that's it. What do you do with that, Brian? Virginia, Brian. Okay. It's kind of melancholy, melodramatic there, isn't it? Uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm just, you know, that's just how I work. Just pray for me. Um, you don't need a better assignment to experience a greater anointing. You know what blesses my heart? It's many of you in this room. We started this thing in 2002. Many of you in this room, I watched you grow up. And guess what? I don't know why in the world. Oh, I can see because of him, but why would you come back and hear me? You've come back after the vast endurance there, amen? That's like affliction. It's like punishment or something for you to come back and listen. 
What I'm saying is this. You know what blesses me, Brother Jay, is faithfulness. And I've checked through the Scriptures, Dave, and God does not expect success, but He does expect faithfulness. And every one of you have been faithful. You know what that does to me? It's like, it's like hanging a raw piece of meat out in front of a Rottweiler. It's on a chain, you know, and it's... Ah! That's just the way it makes me. Because that blesses me. Because you know what most of you in this room have got at a young age? And it's because you've been in the fight. You've had some resistance. See, the kids in our country are sissy saints. Americans are sissy saints. I'm not being critical because I'm one of them. I'm just saying, people look at me in my, in my, in my country, and, and Dave, they look at us in our country and go, these guys are, y'all think we're crazy. They look at us like we're crazy. You can't get a holy grunt out of most people in America. You can't get nobody to smile in a service. It's almost like they say, you know what, preacher, I dare you to bless me. I dare you. Tell me something I don't already know. I get sick of it. But you know what? The reason why some of y'all got some grit in your crawl, you say, what does that mean? Well, you're 50% grit, 50% backbone. Kind of like Daniel. Amen? Daniel did not. He resisted. There has to be resistance in your life in order to have strength. Strength. And young people, let me explain something. You don't have to be in a grandiose ministry to receive and experience a greater anointing. Heard a story one time about a guy who went into a church. There was a sign on the front door that said janitor needed. He went in and he said, I'm going to apply for this job. I need a job. Went into the pastor. pastor looked at him and said, all I need you to do, sir, is fill out this application. He said, well, sir, I can't write or read. Guy looked at him and said, if you can't fill out the application, you can't have the job. Man, he walked out of that church. He was depressed. He was bummed out. Went and sat under a tree. He's sitting there going, Lord, what am I supposed to do? I need a job. All of a sudden, bloop, bloop, off, of the, off the tree fell an apple right into his lap. He looked at the apple, took a bite out of it, and he went, huh. He said, you know, people like apples. He said, I think I know what I'll do. I'm going to go down to the local seed and feed shop, and I'm going to buy some apple seeds. I'm going to plant some apple trees and sell apples. Ten years later. He owns 15 apple orchards in the area. He's a millionaire. Some local reporter came to him with a news camera and interviewed him and said, Sir, let me ask you something. We've gotten news about you and your story, and you're a millionaire because of apple trees, and you've got apple orchards, and we found out that you can't even read or write. And they said this. They said, Where do you think you'd be today if you could read or write? He said, I'd be the janitor down at that church. You say, preacher, what's your point? You do not need a better assignment to experience a greater anointing. God has chosen you and anointed you to accomplish your assignment. Number four, and I'm done. Write this down. I got to finish. We got to go. We got to go. Write this down. You are one of one. Did you get that? You are one of one. God made you uniquely the way you are. You might be imitated, but you can't be duplicated. God will never make nobody like you. You got different fingerprints. You got different hair. You got different eyes. Every one of you in here are uniquely different for God's glory. Write this down. 
You need to live your life with this principle every single day. I have nothing to prove and only one to please. I want you to do this with me. I want y'all to say this. I've got one to please. Come on, that was weak. I've got one to please. Now look to the left or right of you and say, and it ain't you. You say, what are you trying to mean? Every single day I wake up, Dave. I say, I ain't got nothing to prove. I used to have, Dave. Man, I used to want to be accepted. I can't help who I am. I make blunders. By the way, matter of fact, last night I think I made an, I made an error because God woke me up at 4.30. I think when I was trying to give an illustration last night about the sword of Goliath, I said the sword of Gideon. If I did, then forgive me. It was a sword of Goliath. Amen. If I didn't, well, praise be to God. But I'm just who I am. I make mistakes. I mess up. I'm sorry. I'm one of one. David was one of one, and so are you. If you'll keep that same spirit and understand that you are anointed to accomplish your assignment, just because you're not visible don't mean you're not valuable. I don't care what your mom says. I don't care what your daddy says or all the naysayers. You don't need a better assignment, Kimmy, to experience a greater anointing. And number four, you're one of one. There's a Dr. Pepper commercial in America. I'm done with this. Dr. Pepper commercial, and it says I'm one of one. And it has these athletes in it, which I found out that the way you become a great athlete is just drink liters and liters of Dr. Pepper. Now, I don't know why they did that, but I'm just saying that's what they do. But here's the premise. You are, let me tell you what David said, fearfully, awesomely, and wonderfully made. And God's anointing, you might not realize it, but it is. I see it. God's anointing is on you. Now here's what you do. Stay humble. Stay hungry. And stay honest. And realize that you're one of one. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Lord, I love you. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for the story of a young man by the name of David. Thank you for young men in the book of Daniel that stood up while everybody else was bowing down. And help us, Lord, to understand we're not saved to look the part. We're saved to live the part. And understand that we don't have anything to prove, Lord, but only you to please. It's nobody in here we're trying to please, Lord. We're trying to please you. We're trying to serve an audience of one. God, I praise you for these young people. Thank you, Lord, for what you've already done this morning. God, give us boldness and empower us to have a level of timidity and humility, but boldness as a lion, as Proverbs 28 says, while we're in the city center. Help us to look at these people that pass us and maybe disdain us and understand that they've got a soul that will spend eternity somewhere. Lord, thank you for the privilege to have your treasure in our earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of you and not of us. You're the power, we're the pot. Help us to live that way, realizing that we are anointed today, Lord, to accomplish our assignment. For all of this, we're going to thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen.